Good morning, and welcome. Hey, well, we're changing it up a little bit today. Um, special guest speaker today. Um, we also have my favorite, uh, my favorite musician over here. Maybe he'll play or do a little dance, but... <laughs> um, we're going to start with announcements this morning. So, uh, first, we've got Operation Christmas Boxes are now available um, out in the foyer by the kids' ministry. Um, they're due back no later than November 14th. Number next. Um, you are still welcome to join the youth and kids' ministry for the corn maze tonight. Cost is $10 per person. Time is 4 to 7 out at Rolling Acres in Letonia. Good time. Time to get lost in the maze. Try not to get too scared. <laughs> Um, during uh, our time studying Philippians, we will be having um, a 6 p.m. gathering on Tuesday nights for prayer devotion. Um, it's also available on Facebook and YouTube channels if you're interested. Now, uh, Thursday nights from 6.30 in the Fellowship Hall is devotional yoga. Everybody's, uh, although ladies of all ages are invited to the supplement station on Wednesday, October 27th at 6 p.m. for dinner. But dinner is on your own. Um, it's a great way to connect, fellowship, have fun with ladies, get to know other people in the church, in the community, um, what it might be. Um, and then also October 30th, Saturday at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall is the men's uh, breakfast. So all the men are welcome. There's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer if you're interested in attending. That's all the announcements. Go for it, Brian. Well, if you'd like to stand up, we'll pray and we'll sing a song. Thank you, Father, for this day and for this building to gather in and all this uh, stuff you provided, God. Um, you are faithful in all things, and we praise you for that, and that's why we're here. Uh, we're here because you've worked in our lives, and uh, we love you for it. The good and the bad, we praise you. Uh, we seek to grow, God. So we pray for today. This will be a great morning for you and your kingdom. Uh, we pray for Matt as he preaches. We pray for all the youth, uh, all the volunteers, God. God, just let it be a, a great morning for you. We love you. We praise you. Amen. Well, Kel, a little light today. So, luckily, I've got 80 or so co-singers. So, uh, 
Go ahead and sing loud. We got mics here. We're going to turn them on so everybody's going to hear you nice and loud. Just, I'm joking. I mean, we can turn them on, but don't feel self-conscious. You can sing. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Amen. You may be seated. Kids are dismissed. Now, they said I had to practice this, but I thought they wanted me to act it out. But then they said, no, just read it and stay still. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it that way, okay? Okay. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, rather from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether my life or by death. For to me, to live as Christ is to die is gain. I, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. 
convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for the progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Life worthy of the gospel. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a matter, matter worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then rather I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Thank you, Rachel. So, uh, before we jump into the sermon, um, are there any prayer requests that we need to uh, bring to the Lord today? Uh, last I heard was um, Wednesday or Thursday, but Mandy was doing better, much better. Monday was a little rough for her, but she seems to be doing better. Leonard, um, he thinks maybe he had some food poisoning, um, but he, he seems to be doing all right. So, huh? For sure. Or praises today? Cliff? Oh, congratulations. Everybody's doing well? All right. Joshua in healing after surgery, for sure, rotator cuff. Well, if nothing else, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you just thanking you for this day, just the time that we can gather and fellowship and just worship you. And just uh, we just come to you with heavy hearts, with, with things that are going on. Not only in our lives, but the, the lives that are around us, Lord. We, we just thank you for uh, the praises that we have of Robin being able to join us today after a scary time beginning of this week. Um, we also just want to lift up Joshua and the uh, recovery during ro rotator cuff surgery and just uh, the healing process there, Lord. Uh, we just thank you for the praises that we have and just the, just the ability just to be here. And just to see each other's faces, Lord. 
Uh, we just love you and thank you so much for what you do for us. And we do all this because of Jesus and the way that he taught us to pray. Our Lord, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, if I also want to make this uh, announcement, too, that if anybody is in need of prayer or want to say something after service, I'll be in the studio. Um, so you're more than welcome to come over there as well. Um, but as you notice, um, message notes, there's not much there for y'all, except a lot, some lines. Um, in true fashion, that, that is kind of the way I like to do things. Um, I, I prefer you guys to write down whatever speaks to you, whatever you guys get out of it. Um, I'm, I might say, you know, this might be important for you to write down, so write it down. Um, but those are for you, even if it's drawing a picture, whatever. You're more than welcome. Um, but, so we'll begin. Um, years ago, there was a movie that came out called Courage Under Fire. The plot of the movie was to demonstrate that people will respond differently when they find themselves in adverse situations. Um, in this movie, these people had, had the sameness about them. They all had military, military training. They all had an ethos to serve. They were all committed to the cause. But when each character was placed in a situation of pressure, some could not handle it and crumbled, while others rose to the occasion. Now, whether we are believers or not yet believers, we all face life which is full of adversity, difficulties, and struggles. Indeed, I, I think it is fair to say that quite a few of us are going through those sort of things right now. So I, I want to pose two questions this morning. And if you want to, feel free to write those questions down. But the first being, what sort of people will we be? What sort of people will we be when we face adversity, difficulties, or struggles? And, and a little side note here, but what, what, what happens when the church faces these things? Will we crumble or will we rise to the occasion? The second question is this. Can we equip ourselves to stand firm when we face adversity, difficulty, and struggles? Maybe is there a better way to protect ourselves as we go through life? And I think to help us answer these questions, we're going to explore that passage in Philippians that Rachel read um, just a few minutes ago. So if we can put that up there. We're going to do the Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. We'll start right there. Uh, it says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. 
And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does that matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. You see, from these verses, it is pretty evident that at the time of writing Philippians, Paul was in prison. In fact, he was in prison as a result of preaching Jesus when he says, I am in chains for Christ, he says in verse 13. We have to ask ourselves, how, how bad can it possibly be? Being in prison is bad at the best of times. You're not your own person. You're separated from the ones you love. Your loved ones are separated from you. You are together with others who have been cut off from society. Even modern-day prison is difficult. In the days of Paul's, it was much worse. Prison was basically a hole in the ground. To keep you secure, you were constantly chained to a guard. You would have no privacy whatsoever and no times of peace. You see, if the guard wanted to make your life miserable, he could do all sorts of terrible acts. In addition, there was no such thing as prison food. Your provisions of needs. A prisoner had to rely on the support of his family or friends to provide the basic needs of clothing and food. You wouldn't get a bath unless somebody brought you the water. And you remain hungry until somebody would bring you food. And remember, Paul was in chains because of his religion. Those who came to help him would also become suspects. So visiting Paul while he was in prison would be quite dangerous. Now that when we have this perspective, we can see that Paul's life was pretty miserable being in prison. It was full of adversity. It was full of difficult. It was full of struggles. But here is the amazing reality. Paul does not need to be here. Did you get that? Paul didn't need to be there. You see, you didn't have to go to prison because of your religious beliefs. In the, in the time of Roman power, they were allowed, they allowed a lot of freedom for their locals and their own religious beliefs. In fact, the Romans accepted that there were many deities out there. If you wanted to avoid getting in trouble and follow your own religious beliefs, all you had to do acknowledge was that the religion of the Roman Empire was an acceptable religion. All you had to do was say, Caesar is Lord. It doesn't seem too difficult, does it? If you were to ask, you could just say, uh, Caesar's Lord. Yeah, Kathy Fife could say, Caesar's Lord. Kathy McKinley, Caesar is Lord. It, it, it could be easy. But that's where Paul differed. 
We, we could say those things even if we didn't meet it. You know in your heart that Jesus is Lord, so why not play the game? Why go to prison for something as believing? But that's what Paul could have done. But it would have been a compromise. Paul is in prison because he is not willing to compromise. In fact, Paul is in prison because he knows that compromising your faith, even a small compromise, can lead to disaster. How many of you have heard about the little boat that sailed from England to New York in uh, 1912? You know, maybe that was the Titanic. <laughs> well, this unsinkable luxury liner sank on its first voyage, and nearly 1,500 people died. The most widely held theory about this disaster was that ship hit an iceberg, which opened a humongous side in the liner. Well, there was an international team of divers and scientists in the late 90s who discovered that the damage was surprisingly small. Peering through the mud with sound waves, the team found the damage to be astonishingly tiny, minute, compared to the size of the liner. Instead, the huge gas was a series of six tiny, small openings, roughly four square feet. You see, it was only a small compromise in the hull of the ship, yet the great ship sunk anyways. In the same way, when we are under pressure, when the church is under pressure and adversity, difficulty, and struggles, a small compromise can cause us to crumble under pressure. How will you stand? When we face these difficulties, these struggles, these adversities, one method that people tend to use is distractions. How many of you like to use distractions? How many of you like to go shopping? Shopping's good for a distraction. Get out, spend some money, buy a few things, make yourself feel better. Now, nothing now there is nothing wrong with shopping unless you start using it to avoid the realities of life. How many of you like to go socializing, hang out with friends? When that, and all that comes with can be a distraction too. There's nothing wrong with a few parties and going out every now and then. It becomes a problem when you, you use this way to avoid the struggles in your life. Here's one that uh, I sometimes can fall into, and Melissa might tell you the same. But men, men are good at this. The distraction of work. Again, hard work is good, but there can be a very fine line between working hard and being a workaholic. Allowing your work to define you and consume you so you can avoid the difficulties of life. They are all distractions, and they all cause us to begin to compromise our faith by making us rely on the distractions rather than God. Another road that leads to distraction is this idea of misplaced trust. I mean, misplaced guilt. It is one that I've struggled with for many years as I thought about the choices that I've made in the past. One of them being that when I was in high school, 
most Friday nights after the football game, we would, me and my buddies would go to Pizza Hut and have pizza, and then we'd go drive around the backcountry roads, probably at high rates of speed. Um, but one night we were uh, talking about, hey, let's uh, blow up some mailboxes. Um, so that next week, I began to gather up the supplies that we needed to do this stuff, and I did it at my job, but I didn't pay for it. To this day, not really quite sure why I did that, especially being involved in the church and, and uh, um, knowing where, where my foundations were. I should have been more honest, more truthful, more respectful, but I messed up. I carried this guilt around my, with my lack of integrity for a long time, as I did with many other little incidences that happened along the way. And these responses were a small compromise in my faith because of the foundation of my life, because part of my foundation of life was built on guilt, not grace. So when you put them all together, it seems like such little things but these are the sort of things that subtly eat away at the foundation of our faith. And the reality is that we always crumble on, we will always crumble under pressure if we have the wrong foundation in place. Who's on your foundation? Who's, a, who's your foundation? Something to think about as we go through this course of Philippians and, and you know, just the weekly ins and outs of life. Who's at our foundation? And this is exactly what Paul wants us to do. He wants us to have the right foundation, and he encourages us to see this foundation. If you want to throw up verse 15 through 18 here. There we go. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I, am, that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. You see, some people are trying to make Paul's life difficult. They want to stir up trouble for Paul while he is in prison. Instead of getting all upset, Paul looks at this situation and sees the much bigger picture. The most important outcome here is that Christ is preached. And because of this, Paul rejoices. Paul is not interested in motives of others, nor is he worried about his personal feelings. Paul looks past the adversity, the difficulties, the struggles, to make sure that the right outcome is achieved. You see, nothing else matters as long as we, others, the church, are in real relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. That is Paul's foundation, and it enables him to get through even the most difficult adversities in life. The adversity of facing death. 
For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am going to live in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. The words of Paul from verses 21 to 23. How do you feel when you read words like that? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I think we have to admit that is a very different view of life, isn't it? When we think about death and people who are in the position to think about choosing between life and death, you usually think that it is old people who have to face that decision. But even in those situations, the people that I have witnessed all often still keep fighting to their very last breath. Death is, is an adversity we naturally want to avoid. Yet Paul's approach is quite different. There is no fear of death for him. That seems strange, almost morbid, until we understand the much bigger picture. Paul understands that this life, enjoyable as it can be, is just temporary. It's just temporary. There are people in this life who God puts onto our path who are really, who we really, really, really love. They have impacted us and made our life a real blessing. But it isn't just the people. There is also the satisfaction with, which comes through our achievements and making a difference in this world. And let's face it, this world is an enjoyable place, is it? There are many reasons why we would want to be here. Friends, family, socializing, shopping. Um, some might say school or work. <laughs> My kids would definitely say school. They love school. Um, so it is sometimes hard to remember what the bigger picture is, right? This life as we know it is only the beginning of our journey. In fact, this life is only a small part of life experience. Beyond this life is an eternity that is going to be spent with God. That is the bigger picture Paul keeps in mind. And it is a picture that we have when Jesus is central. Because Jesus has come to bring us to that place. John 14, 1 through 3 says this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me. That you, will, that you also be where I am. Death, our greatest adversity, has been dealt through Jesus which means we can face the greatest adversity without crumbling. And if that is the case, then we can also face any adversity, any difficulty, any struggle, any hardship, any suffering that life is going to throw at us as long as we keep Jesus central to our existence. 
So you might be asking yourself, where does this leave us now? If we don't compromise on having Jesus as foundation of our lives, we will be able to have the courage under fire. Paul even lists some of the areas where this courage will occur. Pop up verse 19. Verse 19 says, For I know that though your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me, will turn out for my deliverance. We can have confidence in our salvation. There are times when we go through difficulties, and our response is to shake our fist at God. But for some reason, we think that God is out to get us. But he isn't. God doesn't work like that. Rather, God knows that these sufferings are going to be part of life. And he offers to give us strength. If God is for us, who can be against us? That is the question Paul asks in Romans 8.31. God is on our side, even when it doesn't feel that he is so close. So we can have confidence even under fire. Verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. We don't have to be ashamed. You see, life is full of disappointments. And many times, we are the cause of those disappointments. There will be times when we let others down, There will be times when we let God down. There will be times when we let ourselves down. But in all of those, God stands by even though he knows exactly what we are like. God will stand by us. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 9 says this. Even when we have been unfaithful, even when we have been unfaithful, there is a way for us to move forward so that we do not need to be ashamed. Even when we are under fire. Even when we have been unfaithful, there is a way for us to move forward so that we need not be ashamed. Verse 22. If I am going to live, going on living in my body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. We're called to be fruitful spiritual workers, are we not? We will have a purpose when we allow our lives to be directed by Jesus. We will see the impact on others as Jesus uses us to bring about the change. It won't be because we are perfect. It won't be because we have put on our best. But it will be because of the love of Jesus, which has been planted in us. We have an impact on others because it is Jesus who brings about change. No one else. 
We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power of God is not from us. And Paul reminds us that in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. And it is what enables us to be fruitful, even under fire. So let's go back to those questions at the beginning. What sort of people will we be when we face adversity, difficulty, and struggles? Will we be people who compromise? Will we be people who crumble? Will we be people who just run away? You see, we can be those who don't compromise. We can be those people who don't give up. Because we can have the courage under fire because of what Jesus has done for us. Paul is a perfect example of that. Look of where he, be, he began his journey. Persecuting Christians. Being changed because of Jesus Christ. Now in prison because of what he believed in. Not compromising. His life is full of struggles, adversities. And he did not compromise. And neither should we. Can we equip ourselves to stand firm when we face adversity, difficulty, and struggles? The answer is yes. And that answer is because we can make sure that Jesus and nothing else is the foundation of our lives. As we, as I kind of wrap this up this morning, I want you to ponder those questions. I want you to think about the adversities, the struggles, the difficulties that are in your life. What kind of people are you going to be? What kind of church are we going to be? Are we going to be people that compromise, give in to people? Not stand up for what we believe in? Or will we have the courage to stand under fire? I know we have all had struggles. We've all had difficulties. But with Jesus in our life, Jesus as our foundation, we can have that courage. And then how are you going to equip yourself? To stand firm when we face adversities, struggles, difficulties. You know, we, we have the Tuesday night thing, prayer and devotion. That's a great way to, you know, begin to equip yourself. You know, you, prayer guys, there, there's, uh, you know, the Bible. Read the Bible daily. Study scripture. Pray. Meet me over in the studio after service and I'll pray with you. We have the tools, but are we going to use them? We have the tools, but are we going to use them? Let us pray, and Derek will come up and lead us in communion. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this morning, the time that we get to talk a little bit about Paul and his life 
and, and what he meant to the Philippian church. What he meant to many people in, in his day. And just the people that, when we read those passages of scripture, just the example that he has laid out before us, Lord. We know that his life was full of struggles and adversities. Our lives are too. Lord, we just pray that you help us to set a firm foundation on you. We pray that uh, if there are questions, if there's things that arise, that we can find somebody that we can talk to, somebody that can pray with us. Um, Lord, if there's somebody here this morning that needs to know you, wants to know you, you're nudging at, the, at their heart, Lord, that we just are there for them. That we can begin the conversations of what it looks like, what it means to have a relationship with you. Lord, without you, all, all this is meaningless. Lord, we, we, I pray, and I, and I hope that everybody else prays, that, that as a church, as, as your followers, as, as the people in this body, that we can face adversities, struggles, difficulties without compromise. That we can set our sights on the prize. That we can set our, our sights on you and nothing else. That we can spread the word in, into the community, into the world. That we can share what love you have shown us because of what you have done for us by sending your son, Jesus Christ. All right, thank you for this morning and just everybody being here, everybody that's online, um, everybody that will hear this message, that you're able to just speak to them and just help us to go out into this world and be the light. It's in your son's name we pray. how you feel but that was quite a challenge one of the best i've heard in a long time thanks thanks chief yeah it's more than just uh yeah it's more than just hearing the word but uh to carry through as kathy brought up about the the missionaries uh that have been abducted uh you know this this is coming to the american shores also as matt said what are we going to do when the adversity reaches us uh, I was Googling the other day and happened to find uh, ministers that have been shot in the pulpit. I believe the current standing is 56 ministers have been shot in the pulpit in the United States, mostly on the southern uh, Texas border, but regardless of where they're at because of their faith. As we look out and we see the world's morals and ethics crumbling, who's to blame for that? It's usually the Christians. It's all turned around backwards as things crumble. It's the, the belief that we have in our Heavenly Father. So uh, a, a lot of things, and it's really something to think about, adversity. How are we going to handle it? What are we going to do? It's, it's coming. And uh, as Matt said, too, with, with the guilt and the grace, as we, approach the Lord's <coughs> excuse me, as we approach the Lord's table today, we can come to this table, prepare our hearts. Um, we can come to the table with guilt. 
that's all right. We can ask forgiveness, and that's what we commune for. Uh, we can also come to the table and give thanks for the grace that he's given us through going to the cross. So if you'd pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just want to give thanks for the message today and accept it as a challenge uh, that we can keep your word in our hearts, that we can uh, understand and know uh, what we need to do to further your word, both here in Salem and around the world. We just thank you, Lord, for going to the cross. This loaf and this cup, they represent your body and blood that was shed on our behalf. There is nothing that we deserve, and yet you did this because of love and compassion for us. So as we go forth today, just go with us, and uh, any challenges that come our way, let us uh, refer to your word and know how to respond to them and reach out to the rest of the world that need your compassion so much. Thank you again, Lord, for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. City comes, I'm going to hang out with you because you know how to make explosives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just imagine somebody like watching this randomly on YouTube be like, oh, finally get an answer after all these years. <laughs> you know, the stand up we'll close it's a reminder before you leave out back there is a, a sign-up sheet for the men's breakfast but also to read uh we're gonna be doing that next few weeks too so like rachel did if you'd like to read the scripture before the message next week or there's a, a date list out there just put your name next to it and it'll be the same as you saw today nothing to it again as we sing this we're gonna praise god and i need some voice help so sing out Water you turn in the wine You open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you No one like you And into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you, 
Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? God, you are greater. God, you are stronger. God, you are higher than any other. God, you are healer, awesome in power, our God. Sing that one more time, nice and loud. Because God, you are greater. God, you are stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. God. And we praise you for it. We love you for it, God. We just pray you be with everybody as we go from this place. Throughout this week, no matter what happens, we put you first in everything, and we show your love to those around us. Uh, we love you, and we praise you. Amen. See you all next week.